1: Is a calling I am honored and eager to answer.
0: So yeah, now it's clean up on aisle 45 time. And for a long while yet, it is going to be clean up on aisle 45. Hello and welcome to Clean Up on Aisle 45. This is episode 85. It is Wednesday, August 31st. I am your host, now verified on Twitter, uh, (laughs) Allison Gill. Well, Mueller, she wrote, verified on Twitter. I'm still not i'm still not a real boy uh but joining me today is real boy and real life lawyer andrew torres hello
1: I, as far as twitter is concerned i am equally imaginary so <laughs> i am uh, i am super duper jealous but but happy uh, you know more more happy than jealous that you finally got your little blue check mark uh, uh neither of my accounts have one so uh so there you go but uh, how are you doing today
0: Good. I'm excited to get my invitations to the super secret blue check parties. Oh, yeah. I heard
1: they're like Madison Cawthorn style.
0: Where we collect our George Soros checks. Uh, So I'm very excited about that. Uh, I'm also excited to talk today with you about a bunch of stuff (laughs) that happened over the weekend, including a preliminary order from uh, Judge whatever her name is down in Florida uh and that's in the Nara we, I'm calling it the Nara Lago case I, I,
1: I like that I like that
0: <laughs> uh and then also we have a DOJ preliminary response uh that came back um I think first thing this morning we're also going to talk a little bit about what's going on with Lindsey Graham and his motion to quash subpoenas in the Fulton County DA case along with Governor Kemp they he got a a bullshit decision in my opinion today um, allowing him to postpone his uh, testifying his deposition or whatever before you know before the grand jury, the special purpose grand jury down there in Fulton County till after the election, which makes no sense to me. And I want to just quickly mention something that happened you know, with Beryl Howell mm. uh, and her order to uh, uh, loosen up the redaction bars on a search warrant that was uh, put that was executed on Senator Burr back in 2020. Uh, which I think was done, personally, I think that was done in retaliation for his work on the Senate Intel Committee uh, with their reports on Russian collusion. He was he was removed, he was put under investigation and then removed from his position on the committee, allowing Marco Rubio to write up a letter saying, no collusion. Uh, and so it's just absolutely uh, bonkers, but we're going to get to see more of that today to help us determine whether or not that investigation was uh, in my opinion, retaliatory, or not, or if they just you know went easy on them, we're not sure. But we have all this stuff to go over, and I'm super, I'm super stoked. But before we do that, we have some new patrons. Uh,
1: indeed, we do, and uh, I want to give a, a very special thanks to Jacob Greenleaf, to Susan Hudson, Aubrey Witt- Ritzeny, Laura Friedman, Alexander von, Heun- von Hungen. Rochesterians sending good emotional and mental vibes, that is, in response to my having dropped my only son off at college in Rochester this mm. past week. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. Tor2, Ray Lynn, Tanya, Reva Katznelson, Fred Nangle, Bob Ryder, Lord Volda scott <laughs> like that. Lizanne Whitlow, Jeffrey Smith, and Patrick. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. If you want your own shout out, you want access to the good stuff and you want to just, you know, help. Keep us going here. You know how to do that. Head on over patreon.com slash aisle forty five pod. That's A-I-S-L-E four five pod. And uh you know, give us a little, little bucket an episode and we will read uh whatever heartwarming messages you have decided to embed in your username or you know, uh, insults. We're not we're not picky, <laughs> we just want the dollar. So
0: thank you. That's a lot of new patrons. Wow, it I'm really excited. Is. Thank you. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe because the cleanup now on aisle 45 is uh it's shoved into overdrive it kind of feels like it doesn't it (laughs) it does for once since i've been trying to get this shit done since 2017
1: (laughs) well you you and me both i actually said on yesterday's opening arguments that uh for for the first time having looked at the sorry having looked at the redacted search warrant right and and getting a sense of like What's going through the DOJ's head? And again, you know, there's a ton of error bars and reading tea leaves and all that. I feel like I'm willing to say I think it's more likely than not that Donald Trump will be indicted by the DOJ.
0: No, and I agree. I don't know if you feel like we've crossed that threshold yet. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I just don't think I personally think that they'll wait until after the election, even though he's not running. I know he's mm. not running. But he has endorsed multiple candidates and he is the de facto head of the Republican Party, one of the two major parties that we're voting for in November. If if they indict him prior to the election, I will be surprised.
1: I, I, I share that view. And let's also keep in mind the one six committee resumes its work, its public facing work. Uh, in a couple of weeks in September and so yeah, they don't have to
0: wait. <laughs> yeah, they
1: do not and for all of the reasons that we have talked about, I, I, I cannot I, I do not think that uh, that indictment uh, would come down while uh, there are still public hearings pending from 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 the 1 six committee. so
0: right I, well, agree I don't with think you 100%. An, I don't think an indictment will come down in in the coup. Uh, but I think and I think we might see an indictment in the documents. This Nara case we're about to dive into ahead of anything from the coup. I don't think they're unless they're connected, unless I, he's got some uh, January 6th documents in there. He was trying to to scuttle away. Um, but so, you know, we'll see. So, yeah,
1: let me let me you are correct to kind of tease those two apart. And I I just think that it would it would surprise me if. While you are trying to steal everything you can get your hands on of value, which is very clearly, you know what these documents are, right? These are top secret documents of the kind that you could sell overseas. We've talked about that.
0: Yeah, FISA, HUMINT, SIGINT, like all of the big. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. Whoppers
1: why would you not as long as you're like throwing shit in boxes and giving to the movers to send down to mar-a-lago why would you not also try and cover up your criming in connection with one six i I, it strikes me as plausible anyway so
0: yeah no my dream come true is that everything going back to 2016 uh is is wrapped up in Mm -hmm. a one huge giant could be. A conspiracy case, but uh I, I have a feeling. Well, I have a feeling some of the obstructive acts laid out in the Mueller report might serve as evidence for pattern of behavior in a in an obstruction case, fifteen nineteen or fifteen twelve C two. Both either the coup and, and, and NARALAGO. I just don't. I I think it's for me. But you know, and I'm a, I'm an eternal optimist. But to wrap all these up into one giant motherfucker, I think is probably not the case so i think they might separate out the documents might separate out the coup but i do think we'll see I, I i really do think we'll see some of the obstructive acts in 2016 and 2017 as you know uh putting it into the whole picture of the evidence like the whole body of evidence of a, of a pattern but you know i don't know because you know the the statute of limitations clock doesn't start ticking until you stop criming and he hasn't stopped criming since day one he he will never
1: stop grabbing i i i think that's really really interesting i want to endorse one part of what you have just said because i think it further helps parse out what i was saying right which is although i think that the naralago i love that uh indictment will will not come out until uh after doj is substantively convinced that they will not contradict in terms of witnesses with the one sex committee right um And until after the election for all the reasons that you've said. I, see. I, I I want to also endorse the position that you just said, which is I think these indictments will be discreet. Right. Uh, not not E.E.T. E-T, right. <laughs> will be in specifically defined areas because you're going to have to deal with right. Just like the Manafort prosecution, the idea that, uh, you know, you may get a mega hat wearing idiot undercover on the jury, right? And so you've got to get those people over the hump. And the way in which you get those people over the hump is not this trial is a referendum on how you feel about Donald Trump, but rather this trial is a referendum on crimes. And regardless of how you feel about Donald Trump, here is the crime, here are the crimes that were committed in this set of transactions. And so I think the more clearly you can define that, The 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 better at least again I'm not a prosecutor but if I were a prosecutor that's how I'd want to bring my case in front of a jury that might contain people who voted for Trump might contain Republicans might contain people who are sympathetic to you know God help me the whole you know witch hunt uh, argument so
0: yeah you always go for the slam dunk we did have a a rural juror in the Manafort uh, jury box and and so you know when Andrew Weissman wrote in his book. you know, we had enough on Manafort to get him for conspiracy against the United States, to defraud the United States when he handed over polling data to Kalimnik. We just didn't charge that. It was a lot harder to prove than his 18 tax felonies or <laughs> business right? fraud felonies. <laughs> yeah. So we went with that. And it was the right way to go because they got the sentence, Um uh, you know, and if they had charged them both, it would probably have been served concurrently anyway. So- they they got the years it was just that he was pardoned but they did have that rural juror who was like i you know i didn't care about rick gates and i like trump uh, but the documents don't lie so yeah. you know and they conv- kind of- and to
1: be clear they convicted on 10 of those 18 uh,
0: yes yeah. yes and, and and look i
1: <laughs> i'd be happy with the conviction <laughs> against donald trump so yeah we're 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 saying the same thing we're so there the- may
0: be prosecutorial discretion involved here yep. where they say we're not going to do obstruction from the Mueller, we're not going to do uh the seditious conspiracy the coup but we'll go for the fraudulent elector scheme and documents uh, yeah, exactly again.
1: like the decision that was made during impeachment right i mean <laughs> you know I, the, the the trump administration was a walking impeachment from day 1 that's why we coined yodel mountain right like it, it was obvious you know <laughs> pick the felony that he's committed uh but um you know that the the idea was to try and maintain a focused and narrow case to the American public. And, and again, right, I, I think people are passing lightly over the fact that in connection with January 6th, uh, not only did that impeachment get seven Republican votes, there were two dozen others, including Mitch McConnell, who said, well, you know, I'm not voting guilty because I think we lack jurisdiction over a former president who's out of office. Right? Yeah. Now, does that mean that Moscow Mitch wouldn't lie and contrive some other? Who knows? Right? Like, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that in terms of looking at that presentation, it, if if you've let the Republicans gaslight you into thinking that that was a, a big failure or a nothing burger or didn't move the noodle, like that, that's wrong. No, like, it's evidence. It's yeah, evidence absolutely. that will
0: be used. And so I think the Mueller stuff, yeah. although yeah. it might not be charged, but if they do roll these up into one thing, I don't think we'll see it until spring of next year. Not not after the election.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I agree with you. I think that the more tailored uh, indictment is is more likely. And Man, I would love to see that on, you know, November 9th or 10th, but uh, but we'll see. So
0: Yes. Okay, so, right, Noralago, <laughs> what did this judge say? What is this preliminary order where she has an okay. inkling she'll probably want to appoint a special master? <sighs> she doesn't address the jurisdictional problems at all and uh, asks the DOJ <sighs> to file a response to the Trump filing by yesterday, which right. is tomorrow for us.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, so, angry... Sighing first, and then uh, and then let me get into the analysis. So, so, but but seriously, let me let me take a step back because to understand this, you have to understand. I know Allison, you do, but our listeners have to understand just how incompetent, and I would argue, deliberately incompetent. Uh, the former president's initial filing in this case was okay and i will do that by contrasting it with what every lawyer left right and center including the president's lead lawyer in this jim trustee right who has handled tons i mean you know not the president but has handled tons of white collar criminal defense cases he knows that what you do in this case is you file a complaint Right. The, this was the, the DOJ. So uh, it would have to be asserting Bivens causes of action. Right. Violation of constitutional rights. And then you file with that a motion for injunctive relief. Right. For a temporary restraining order, a preliminary injunction. You file that pursuant to Rule 65 of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure and uh, usually supported with an affidavit that explains why you have irreparable harm.
0: So wait, did they do any of that?
1: They didn't do any of that. What they filed was a motion for judicial oversight and additional relief as its own standalone pleading in a separate court in order to randomly roll the dice and not wind up with Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt, who signed off on the search warrant for Mar-a-Lago. And instead, they drew Federalist Society weirdo and Trump appointee Eileen Cannon. And... The, the question you're asking is, do Federalist Society weirdos and Trump appointees still display unbelievable favoritism to their patron? The answer, at least in this case, is yes. Right. So so here's what happened. That first pleading they filed, judicial oversight and additional relief, was so bad that, number one, it triggered the case to come up on the pro se docket. Right. The the bright red lights going off saying we were
0: all like, is Trump representing himself? Which, you
1: know, like we do not live in a universe in which we are blessed enough to have Trump representing himself in court. But but no, it triggered the pro se because. They screwed up so many things at the outset that, you know, CMECF, which we access through paper through Pacer, is like, eh, well, you know, looks looks like a 12 year old is trying to file something. We're just going to label this pro se, right? His lawyer, despite the fact that one of his lawyers was admitted in Florida, like the the others didn't move pro hoc vice, They clicked the <laughs> wrong buttons. It was just it was a comedy of errors, except for the fact that it was filed by, you know, an insurrectionist.
0: Yeah, but besides the electronic filing yep. idiocy, they literally left off. Uh, really, Everything. like, yeah, nothing. There was not. They're like, it, okay, they oh, lied you're just, on the like, cover mad? page.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, they lied on the cover page, as I discuss in some detail on yesterday's opening arguments. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. the reason they lie on the cover sheet is because you have to state the basis for jurisdiction on your cover sheet, and they don't have one here. Right? This is just where i'd like the court to do something for me so on her own sua sponte judge cannon federalist society weirdo decides to issue an order on august 23rd and it says this court is in receipt of plaintiff's motion for judicial oversight that's docket number one Uh, so on or before last friday right august 26th plaintiffs shall file a supplemental motion and address the
0: following, and gives them yeah. a
1: five-point roadmap,
0: right? <laughs> what do you want? Why are you here? Yeah. Why, what, who are you? <laughs> Have you
1: served the United States you, of did America? You, did Which you is, even tell the DOJ that you're... <laughs> no, and the answer to that is no, because, again, they didn't file a complaint. They didn't comply with the basics of the law. So... uh that, that, that was, yeah, five points. And you've summarized it correctly, right? Uh, I know. could
0: have filed a better filing. He,
1: you you could have filed a better filing like wild drunk in Uzbekistan, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 to, we're going to get to it, okay? So that order said, hey, man, um, this is nonsense. File a supplemental brief, and I want you to address five things. Number one, the asserted basis of our jurisdiction. Number two, what the framework is for that jurisdiction. Number three, what you want, including any request for injunctive relief. Number four, uh, the effect that this would have on the fact that, you know, there's an open proceeding and these cases should be consolidated. And number five, oh, by the way, have you served the, the United States? So that pleading came in Friday night. And uh, we held off recording away uh, Tuesday's OA until Saturday morning so that I could read it. And it is a dumpster fire idiocy of a, of, of a pleading, right? Like it barely touches these issues. It doesn't understand most of them. Um, and it is clear to me, right? Like my conclusion at the end of this was, oh, this is the kind of thing you file when you're getting dragged on Fox News by Laura Ingram saying, I don't understand why they, you know, it's been two plus weeks. And you haven't asked them, like, to, you know, not to not to search your stuff. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. I even tweeted out. I'm like, they're facing sanctions. They've opened up an opportunity for DOJ to respond and, quote unquote, speak in a filing. And they've done all this. They've completely embarrassed themselves by their attempts to file on the docket. And all of this because Laura Ingram got mad at Christina Bob on Fox News. That's the whole reason this entire stupid filing was made in the first place.
1: It, you would think, right? So I, I'm in total agreement, 100%. That was the reason for this slapdash filing. And when I say slapdash, right, I, I literally mean that, right? Like, so for example, when... The, uh, the the section of the brief that says address the effect of this filing on the proceeding before magistrate Judge Reinhardt, they just say, oh, that's a that's a different case. I mean, literally, it is a five line paragraph on on page nine that says uh, and, and, and two of those lines are the court has asked us to. do <laughs> And all they say is the litigation will have no effect on the litigation before magistrate Judge Reinhardt. The two matters involve distinct legal issues. Movement is not a party to the litigation before Judge Reinhardt. Moreover, Judge Reinhardt does not have the authority to provide the relief sought here. That's wrong, by the way. And that's it. Like there's you might you might remember from, you know, every episode of this show that like usually in legal proceedings, when you say something like the two matters involve distinct legal issues, you would say. Right. Matter A involves these issues. Matter B involves these. Nope. You, usually when you say things like Judge Reinhardt does not have the authority to provide the relief sought here, you would have a citation right to a case or multiple cases or a statute. No, like this is literally just I've read you the entirety of what this brief says on a major point that the court asked for, you know, to, to be briefed. And then you get to the service aspect. And, and, and I, I this is a thing that I think our listeners might pause too lightly over because in some ways service feels like a super technical kind of thing. Right. Like, you know, when you think about, I, I don't know, like <laughs> the Dukes of Hazard or whatever, and like, you know, looks like them Duke boys are about to leave the county so that they can't affect service or process. Right. Like it, it, you, you think about that. Right. Of, OK, you know, somebody wants to sue you and you're trying to evade. Service. When you're talking about suing the government, right, which people do on a daily basis, most of it frivolous, you have to provide kind of the bare minimum legal process to say, hey, DOJ, I'm not a crank or a crazy person. Here's the complaint that we have against you. Here's why you should take it seriously. And here's your copy. And as of August 26th, Friday, right, Donald Trump hadn't done that by and through his lawyers. Indeed, his response was, Movant will promptly serve a copy of the pleadings on the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Florida and will promptly file proof of service thereafter, Um, have not seen if they have filed that proof of service. Uh, But that assertion was made Friday night and then we got this ruling saturday morning so doj has not been served right they don't they don't even know what the allegations are against them and that's again i just want to tell you that that's more than just like a technicality i'm sorry yeah, i'm angry no no it's
0: <laughs> it's okay i understand i understand um and let's talk a little bit about um what the this new filing that she that this the that the judge made the preliminary order. Can you explain sure. what a preliminary order is cuz it, it was like this back and forth between her and the DOJ over the weekend felt like I'm thinking about doing a thing and the DOJ filed back, yeah, well we're thinking about doing a thing. Thanks. You know, it just felt weird. Like uh, it, it should feel weird because it is
1: weird, right? Like <laughs> it, and and here's the way in which it's weird, right? It is common an oral argument for a judge. And in fact, I appreciate this even when I'm on the losing side, right? For a judge to say to the lawyers, okay, in front of me is X motion. I'm inclined to grant it. Mr. Torres, you oppose the motion. Tell me why I shouldn't, right? Like, okay, that tells me where I stand, right? And that tells me that Uh, Boy, I I thought I had, you know, five really good arguments, like uh, time to triple up on my best one. Right. Right. And 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 I want that guidance. Right. So that's a reasonable thing that I have seen judges do in oral argument all the time. I want to say and again. Uh, you know, I've only been practicing law for 25 years. I've never seen this as an order communicating it, right? So it says, right? The reason it's described as a preliminary order is because, it, in addition to the things that it requires the parties to do, which we're going to talk about, line one of the order says, pursuant to Rule 53b-1 of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, put a pin in that, and the court's inherent authority. Put a bit in that. And without prejudice to the party's objections, the court hereby provides notice of its preliminary intent to appoint a special master in this case. Okay. So let's unpack what what all of that is saying. The first, Can I ask a question first? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Why
0: did she not say, I have jurisdiction to make this decision first?
1: I, I, that's exactly where I was going. That's why it says this court's inherent authority because nobody so far has provided this court with a jurisdictional basis for being able to hear this at all. And I, I want to be as as clear as I can about this. Citing to the rules of civil procedure, those are the rules of the road that are applied when you have a civil case pending before a federal judge. Okay. They, they do not independently say that, you have the right to be before that judge in the first place. Right? And, and here's the best example I can come up with kind of on the fly. If a major league baseball umpire shows up in your living room and says, I'm going to eject you from this living room right? And you say, what the hell are you talking about? And he says, well, look at the rules of Major League Baseball. It says umpires have the power to eject individuals from the premises if they uh, engage in conduct that is unbecoming of the sport of baseball. Allison, you've been swearing up a storm. I call him a cocksucker. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Time to get out. Outstanding reference. Time to get out (laughs) of your living room. Right. And your response would be, okay but you haven't proven
0: you have no power here be gone
1: you have no jurisdiction over my living room right yeah. you haven't proven that the rules of major league baseball apply in your living room and they almost certainly don't i mean you know i don't i don't know you have a big living room but still like, <laughs> so
0: i think you know well there's always nine guys here no uh, <laughs> so i think, <laughs> I think, <sorry. laughs> I
1: that, think. That, that may be the best thing you've ever said And I'm going to need a second to laugh.
0: That's why I got verified on
1: Twitter. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So the the thing here is. Corroborating witnesses.
0: I imagined, had she not just come in with this preliminary injunction uh, or preliminary order, that the DOJ, by Tuesday, which is yesterday if you're listening, tomorrow for us as we record, the DOJ was going to file in this, in this, uh, in a a response to Trump's whatever uh, you want to call it. Uh, I imagine they were going to address the jurisdiction and say they either need to consolidate it with Reinhardt or because this is a Presidential Records Act case, pursuant to the Presidential Records Act, it must be filed in the District of Columbia Circuit. Uh, so I was assuming they, that they would just include that in the filing. So she comes out and does this thing and doesn't address it. And DOJ responds without addressing it like, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we're going to file a thing. We're going to file our response, but we're doing a preliminary response to your preliminary yeah. <laughs> order uh, because you filed it in the middle of us writing our response. It's just so weird. It,
1: it It is incredibly weird. So let's unpack the rest of it and then we can talk about the DOJ's response. So that note, you, you are it's one of the things I love talking law geekery with you. There is nothing that addresses the court's jurisdiction in paragraph one. This court does not have the power to conduct these hearings, does not have the power over this matter whatsoever. Because federal courts are courts of limited jurisdiction, right? You either, you have to come before it and show the bases for which you are in a federal court.
0: Yeah, she didn't even say, I have jurisdiction based on the arguments made by the Trump lawyers that I have jurisdiction. She didn't even come up with a bullshit reason that she has jurisdiction. It was just not even mentioned. She
1: gave, and, and moreover, she gave the Trump team that bullshit jurisdictional argument and they couldn't do it. Right. So point one, remember, I said was two of her
0: points were about jurisdiction.
1: Tell me why I have jurisdiction and used the 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 clues of whether legal or equitable slash anomalous. Right. And I talk a great deal about anomalous jurisdiction on yesterday's opening arguments. But like that's a clue to the former president's lawyers, to Trump's Theme, hey man talk about anomalous jurisdiction and they don't they don't analyze it and it is it is just mind-boggling to me that you would then say all right well you know you filed your thing and boy did it suck yeah, even more than i imagined to him. she was yeah. like here do yeah. this it was it was a it was it was a set that accidentally goes over the net and the other side in volleyball is just like watching it drop, watching it slowly drop to the sand, you know, to mm-hmm. to mix like a dozen sports metaphors in this case. So, <laughs> so when, when Judge Cannon says, pursuant to the court's inherent authority, that is the inherent authority to schedule and require things of litigants, okay? That is not to adjudicate this case. There was zero analysis. There was zero assertion that the court has jurisdiction. I expect that to feature prominently in yesterday's (laughs) filing by the DOJ. Uh, And, you know, we'll be we'll be talking about that on our respective shows. So what does it do? It sets a scheduling order. And again, the court has the inherent power to set a scheduling order in a case that it has the power to hear. Um, No analysis that it does. And it says, I want the government to file by Tuesday. Uh, and a response to the motion uh, and the supplement, and to this, including the request for the appointment of a special master. Um, then I want uh, Trump. You guys file your response on Wednesday, and then we're going to hold a hearing on Thursday at 1 p.m. Okay. Again, in the court where this shouldn't be heard. In the court where this should not be heard. It, 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 I cannot emphasize strongly enough the idea that you have now compelled a party to attend when they do not know there is no proof in the record that they know what the allegations are against them i'm sorry if
0: if they file doj files hey we got to move this to whether they go to dc under the presidential records act or they go to back to reinhardt or wherever it needs to go which is not there and then trump files his whatever and then, uh, good old Jim Trusty uh, will probably uh, upload it to MySpace instead of the court docket. <laughs> uh, whatever happens in that, if they hold the hearing without addressing the jurisdictional case, I imagine the DOJ saying, "We aren't going to argue anything right now except for jurisdiction." I, I
1: that's how I would argue because I would want to preserve for the record, right, my objection. I would not want, if you argue substantively, that could be construed. It is in personal jurisdiction cases. It, like it, you're it can accepting be, the jurisdiction. Yeah, it, it can be construed as an acceptance. Now, the court, this so is I subject would matter like, jurisdiction. Oh, but, so, but, yeah. so
0: she says, well, what do you think about a special master, me appointing a special master? I would say, I'm not going to discuss anything with you today other than the jurisdictional issue. That needs to get solved before we... Talk about anything else. That's that's how I would run it, if it even gets to the hearing after they file their jurisdictional uh, disagreement.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's right. And I and I predict that that's what, what's going to happen. I want to be clear for our lawyers listening who, uh, you know, love to correct uh, errors uh, and 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 misperceptions. And I don't want to leave anyone with the wrong impression. You cannot voluntarily consent to subject matter jurisdiction in the courts. Right. In other words, if this is not properly before the court, then your behavior acting as if it does, does not. Consent to that you can raise jurisdiction subject matter jurisdiction at any time
0: It doesn't grant
1: jurisdiction by through concession or
0: default or anything
1: it, it, it can because remember jurisdiction has two components It has subject matter jurisdiction. Is this dispute capable of being heard in this court, right? And personal jurisdiction, right? Are, are you as a litigant? capable of coming under the authority of that court, right? And I so see. You know, for example, if I were to sue you, Allison, in your personal capacity in Idaho, and you've never been to Idaho, right? You would, through your lawyers, move to dismiss the Idaho lawsuit on the grounds of personal jurisdiction. You would say, it. Yeah, 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 I'm suing you for breach of contract or something, I don't know, tort, like you made me feel and bad, I don't know, whatever. And you'd be the like-
0: subject matter jurisdiction is whether or not the court can hear it, uh, right, the, the this, matter. This
1: request for the special master, right? So,
0: for example- if the P- if the Presidential Records Act requires the case to be filed in the D.C. District Circuit uh, or the D.C. District Court, um, then that's subject matter jurisdiction
1: that, that, that that's right. And then you would transfer the case. Right and and again, you know, I go back to the cover sheet. One of the things you're required to do is on not the cover lie. sheet is, in addition to not lying, all <laughs> all documents you submit with the court, you you are required not but to. They lie. they didn't
0: sign an affidavit saying they didn't lie. They were supposed matter. to attach yeah. that too. <laughs> you you
1: also are required to identify related
0: cases. OK. Oh, and oh, and like you, you're supposed to not. hear my case because it, this case was heard by you and this it, case was heard. It by just you. says it,
1: it doesn't matter. You are required if there is a case that is related, you are required to identify it on the cover sheet. And they did not. Right. And and that is, you know, do you want to chalk it up to gross incompetence or do you want to chalk it up to something more malicious? Right. Which is sucking so bad on purpose mm-hmm. because you know that if you followed the rules, you would get people disbarred. So let's talk yeah. about that. Right. The, the hence, my, yeah. hence
0: my talk about they're risking sanctions here. Yep. Um, seriously. I mean, because they they know better.
1: That is exactly right. And and the primary request here, the one that Judge Cannon is inclined to grant, is a request for a special master to do a thing that the search warrant already says has been done, right? That is, have an independent taint team review the documents for privilege.
0: Yeah, and um, they did that on site. And, yeah. and in, in the DOJ's response, they, they did the whole per my last email uh you yep. know <laughs> uh, and bless your heart like in the, the in the unsealed affidavit friday we explained there was a privileged team on site uh don't you did you read that thing that you did <laughs> i mean because we read it and i mean we wrote it so you know, yeah like- it, it, it and we'll I will,
1: I will get to the, the doj's preliminary response to this preliminary order but but the that's the relief that trump ostensibly wants in connection with this quote filing right i want a special master that's going to look at all of this and you know give me my stuff back at uh, you know that you planted and i i don't know that relief is moot that relief is the kind of thing that by the way a a magistrate judge can and uh in fact routinely he does award so there's nothing to have stopped and they concede that yeah that's exactly right
0: they concede that and think well sometimes she's like well magistrate judges don't, it's always a district court judge, except for these other, you know, except for a couple except of Except for when
1: it isn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and like, their, efforts, the their efforts suck. Their efforts to just only distinguish district
0: that. only district court judges can file it can approve injunctions. It's like you didn't file one. Uh it, file it, that's one. also
1: nonsense. Magistrate judges can of course And in,
0: they can. Yeah.
1: It, it, <laughs> The distinction that is offered in footnote four of the government's. I love it. Quote filing is, well, yeah, but those were mostly civil matters and idiot. This is a civil matter, right? Like, yes, the 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 search warrant is a criminal case. But when you file a motion or whatever the hell you call it, it's right there in the caption of the case that you filed. Eight colon twenty two dash CV. That means civil. Charges haven't been brought.
0: Charges haven't been brought yet. This this is not a
1: criminal proceeding. This is absolutely not. So saying, yeah, but those are civil cases. This is a civil case. And remember that it's time to pull that pin, right? The judge says, you know, pursuant to my authority, pursuant to rule 53, that's rule 53 of the federal rules of civil procedure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So either, right, if this isn't a civil case, you don't get this relief, but it is because we all know that it is. So it's just... It's it's maddening. And I really thought like there are some we've talked about this before. There are some Trump appointees who are just doing their jobs. And I, I don't know, maybe there's a way to read this as uh, I'm I'm going to be so overwhelmingly favorable to the former president that nobody can doubt. You know, make I make it judgment proof when I rule against him. Uh, maybe. OK. Um, I'll hold that out as as a potential like glimmer of optimism. But this sure looks like somebody, you know, with far right views, uh, paying Helping back out. their yeah. patron for putting them on the bench for life. And by the way, she's like 12. Right. Like Judge yeah. I mean, She is, also
0: yeah. said she would recuse from any cases that involved. Uh, oh,
1: sure. Shocker. Yeah. But. They've, of course they've been not. real good about that.
0: So. Now, I don't you know, I don't want to say that I think judges should have to recuse if they hear cases about people they appointed or people that didn't appoint them. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I, I just she said she would and she's not. It's, it's, I'd, it's I'd like
1: to have fewer cases against sitting and former president's Show up in the federal courts so you know That'd that's be cool that's a, that's my crazy uh optimism but about
0: like this. i wouldn't I wouldn't want a, a Biden appointee to have to recuse themselves from a trump case because right, right you know or a whatever uh, any any appointee in any in this one first criminal investigation into a former president. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and, um, and the problem is that, the, the <laughs> and it will remain the only one if we vote Democrats. for Yeah, the rest of that's
1: exactly right. And 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 the problem is that we all know that in addition to ha- appointing legitimate judges, albeit judges with far right beliefs, Donald Trump also appointed sycophants and losers and idiots who have no business being on the federal bench. And so it's hard to craft a rule that when the rule that you're thinking is like, come on, what I, what I really mean here is, (laughs) you know, let's, let's not have this in front of, you know, insert random Donald Trump judge who uh, was, uh, unanimously declared not qualified by the American Bar Association when you know went up for appointment, right? Like we know who these people are—they you know Justin Walkers of the world who just have no business being on the bench and and it's hard, right? Like and and other judges struggle with that, right? So
0: yeah, um, all right. But so
1: let's to, move on to the response. Yeah,
0: yeah. I want to talk about the response. the first thing I noticed? It's very short. It's like three pages. Um, they filed notice of receipt. Uh, of the preliminary motion in yep. in this case, got it. <laughs> and they basically, said, yeah, we got it. And they basically said, yeah, we got your preliminary order. We plan to file a big old response to Donald's thing, but there's some stuff you should know. Um, uh, first, um, uh, this shit, we already know. um the affidavit made public Friday that we had a privilege team on site. They said that. Um, and I thought that was imp- uh, of of import. They also said, oh, and Donald wants us to stop looking through stuff, but also somehow wants a more detailed inventory. So okay, we'll <laughs> go, th- we'll go through it again and give you a more detailed inventory. Lol. Uh, and then um, they say we'll com- we'll totally address the F-POTUS, the F-POTUS filing, but we just wanted you to know we've already gone through everything, and the Office of Director of National Intelligence already is doing a classification review and potential risk assessment. So you know this is too you're too late basically. Um, and, and, you know, and then they'll file, they'll file tomorrow in response to the whole thing, which I think will just be a big jurisdictional battle personally.
1: I think that's exactly right. And, and, and let's be clear, there was a taint team on site, right? A privilege review team, but I prefer the classic designation, uh, Me too. that, that began the initial segregation and then conducted that review offsite. Right. So in other words, they didn't do the entirety of the privilege review at the time that they were right. And they did
0: find some stuff that had some uh, some attorney client privilege. Uh, But none of this can have executive privilege.
1: Well, and and keep in mind the relief that Donald Trump wants, and and I had to elide over this, but there's more basis for this. Yesterday's O.A. is extraordinary, requires you to show callous disregard of the defend of of the uh, individual rights of the litigant of the individual constitutional rights of the litigant. The fact that the search warrant itself, before anybody knew, said, "Oh, by the way, like." This is the former president. So we're going to be super careful when we go down. We're going to have a second team on premises ready to do kind of an initial segregation. And if there's any privileged material, they're going to be the ones that review it. They have no connection to the underlying investigation. They would have no connection to any indictment that's handed down. They are unrelated and they're going to review like that. That is the opposite of Callous disregard for your yeah, constitution. No, none of us get this yeah.
0: deference. No, uh, of course not. Yeah, you know.
1: So, along with these specific, like, I I want the government to itemize every single thing they've taken so that I can get back my stuff. Yeah. Why don't Why don't you try getting arrested for a a street crime for that and filing that motion? Um, that would go <laughs> immediately into the circular filing cabinet. There is. That nobody gets that. So oh
0: right, like the lady who was complaining to the cops that she sold a guy some crack and he ripped her off and right. yeah. wanted to get her money back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, sorry, you can't have fruits of a crime back. It's just, <laughs> it's just <laughs> no. It, it,
1: the the initial thing that I thought, and 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 let me well let me share my initial thought and then and get your response. Um, to me, this felt roughly analogous to the Concord management stuff. Right. This feels like uh, the the yes. former president's lawyers threw a bunch of crap at the wall. They expected to lose, which would have given them ammunition to go on Breitbart and OAN and say, oh, look, the system is, you know, I, uh, hates us and is biased and whatever." they unexpectedly won. And now Judge Cannon is going to is inclined to uh, appoint a special master that now gets to like muck about in a criminal investigation and leak to somebody unconnected to the investigation and sympathetic to Donald Trump. All of the stuff that 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 privilege review team is because she
0: she would appoint. Yeah, she would choose the special master and it's not going to be Barbara Jones. It's no. (laughs) And, And 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 and. that just
1: seems to me like a th- fortunately
0: again, they would have to have clearance.
1: Yeah, uh, that's right. That's a, that's a fair point. Um, uh, so but, she
0: can't just like a you know, yeah, to Kosh, go, Patel. <laughs> <laughs> I make, I deem you special master. Then <clears throat> the DOJ would file a motion saying, sorry, the special master has to have TSSCI clearance. And, yeah. uh,
1: It it's but it it feels like there was no reason to think any relief is necessary.
0: Right. There was no discussion. I I just
1: want to point this one out. Right. Because In order to gain injunctive relief. Right. You have to meet the four part test. And the most important part is irreparable harm. There is no affidavit that this has done any harm to the president, let alone irreparable harm. The only thing we have is the lawyers saying, well, they accidentally also took his passports and gave them back. And like that, that does not rise to the level of injury, let alone irreparable injury. And so, I, yeah, it is just it is bonkers that you would appoint a special master to do a thing that does not need to be done, uh, and 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 is only going to obstruct the proceedings.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and no, I I totally agree. I don't think. <sighs> It, again, they, they're going to have to have clearance. I, I mean you know the, the ODI already has it. You can't claw back. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there is no need. the, the, the DOJ if, if, if they go beyond a jurisdiction argument, they're you know maybe if this gets up to DC and Trump files on, for a special master again with the correct court, they're going to say, look no, uh, it's it's moot now. It's completely moot. We have a special master going through it. It's called the fucking ODNI. (laughs) 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 There's nothing. Nothing can be under executive privilege in requests from the executive branch to the executive branch. Biden wields that. And he did when he told NARA to make the decision on whether or not, you know, the FBI could be uh, given these 15 boxes they got back in January. The same shit is going to apply to any other subsequent boxes we took from your fucking place. So, exactly, buh. and the DC, <laughs> the DC court is going to be like, yeah, we agree with you. So that's, that's where it needs to be. If they're doing this under the provisions of the presidential records act, uh, and if they don't, it needs to go back to Reinhardt and be randomly assigned to some judge in DC, uh, probably. So we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens, but you know, these guys drove down to this court and filed this shit with their girl. And it's, it's just, it's their de- mm. anyway. it's ridiculous it's all ridiculous i can't wait to see what the doj has to say tomorrow because you are you are now you've given now you've given an invitation for the department of justice to tell us a bunch of stuff Uh, (laughs) and i'm interested to see what they tell us i I imagine it won't be too much because they need to protect the integrity of the case uh obviously because if they plan on going forward with an indictment this has to be airtight uh but you know it is there they they can speak in these court filings so we'll see what happens um I'm, I'm expecting some really interesting stuff, especially in that uh, the arguments for jurisdiction. Me too. All right. Let's talk about, we've got about uh, 15 minutes left. Let's talk about uh, Lindsay and uh, what <laughs> happened today with Lindsay real quick.
1: Your favorite word, quashal. <laughs> so. relatedly, right, you know, the the DOJ speaks through its court filings. Um, You know, how about uh, Fonnie Willis and the uh, district attorney's office uh, in Fulton County, Georgia, also speaking through its court filings, uh, filing today uh, in the federal court case that Lindsey Graham opened to try and quash. Uh, his subpoena to appear before Fonnie Willis's grand jury. Uh, this is we, we now get to we now get to hear <laughs> Fonnie Willis's response to well, the 11th Circuit's remand.
0: Yeah, because yeah, because this is that's where we're at. Right. They went up to the 11th Circuit. 11th Circuit says, go back down to the district court and you tell me, Lindsay, what you don't think you should talk about under speed. Let's hash this out. Before we get into the grand jury, which is stupid, it should be hashed out in the grand jury and then litigated if she wants any additional information that he claimed privilege over or speech or debate. Uh, and and But we're doing it backwards. OK, so let's talk about So that's what the 11th Circuit did, remanded it back down to the court for them to figure this out ahead of the grand jury testimony. What did Fonnie Willis have to say about that?
1: Um, <laughs> Fonnie Willis uh, said, look, these arguments, right, you what the 11th, the, the relief that the 11th Circuit has ordered is to take a look at, to say, okay, uh, you were correct, District Court, uh, that just blanket quashing of the subpoena is not appropriate relief, right? As we discussed on this show last week. So um,
0: agree with you there.
1: Yeah. Uh, And you then said, all right, but just sort of to nail everything down, um, you know, what about partial quashal? Right. What what if there's there's some category that can be carved out? Uh, And uh, and here, Bonnie Willis has said, right, but all you were doing, uh, Lindsey Graham, is repeating the sucky arguments that lost, uh, which do not uh, differentiate and provide the basis for upholding any kind of partial quashal Whatsoever. And uh, and this is as as mad as the last filing made me like this is one of these that I would just like to, you know, curl up with on a uh, on a a cold fall evening and drink hot cocoa with this is uh, this is just it's beautiful. It is it is beautifully well written in a way that I hope the judge appreciates, you know. For the third time in a single month, Senator Lindsey Graham has presented arguments to this court insisting that it must entirely quash the subpoena issued to him by the Fulton County special purpose grand jury. In his third iteration of Senator Graham's arguments, just as in the prior two, there is no role for this court other than to serve as a rubber stamp for his conclusions. Even in a motion purportedly re- re- requesting partial quashal, Senator Graham insists that each and every possible topic of grand jury inquiries forbidden. In so doing, the senator ignores the facts that have been presented, the findings of this court, and the historic limitations placed upon the speech and debate clause by the Supreme Court. Because the subpoena does not require the disclosure of privilege or other procedural matter, this court should deny the senator's motion.
0: That's and that's that's Fani's filing. Or yeah, the that's District that is court file.
1: Okay, that is uh. Fonnie Willis's intro paragraph. I mean, once you get past the like, you know, procedural stuff, that's the summary of the argument. Um, and it it's look, she's exactly right, and she's already won in this court, right? Because Lindsey Graham does not have the 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 life. Because she's preserver. filing this in
0: the district court. Yes, now. yeah, she's
1: mm-hmm. filing it in the district court because that's where this was remanded, it was remanded. Mm-hmm. right after the Eleventh Circuit stayed in part, uh, but denied in part. And then uh,
0: Lindsay, yeah, said, okay, yeah. partial quashal. I can't yeah. talk about anything, which right. is a total quashle. Yeah, And so she's saying, no, uh, you're dumb, dismissed, uh, or, well, <laughs> you know, requesting this court dismiss." And they probably, have they come back with a decision?
1: Uh, not as of when we are recording this. So, you
0: know, not- I, I, not,
1: <laughs> I bet I know what it says. <laughs> uh, I, I got a good idea of what's going on. Do you think they're going, going to have to have
0: a hearing about this instead of this back and forth, you know, nope, I can't talk about everything, anything. Uh, do you think maybe the judge will be like, yeah, no, this is dismissed. We need to come in and talk about uh, what, you know, what you can and can't talk about.
1: Yeah. So remember, right. Fonnie Willis already won on the merits of these arguments before this district court before. So we had the, the procedural, right, what winds up being the shadow docket when it goes up to the Supreme Court. It, you know, in this case, it didn't. It went up to the uh, 11th Circuit and then remanded back down to this court. Uh, to say, hey, we're we're not in. We're going to stay the enforcement of your original order, but we want you to consider whether the partial quashal is appropriate. And what this filing does, and I, I wish we had the time to go through line by line because it's really brilliant. Um, but it it basically says the cumulative effect of the relief being sought here is not partial quashal, but total quashal. Right. Right. His, you know, again, I'll, I'll, I'll read the the concluding line on other topics. Right. Finally, the senator makes his grandest argument of all, quote, this same analysis applies to any other topic this court, the district attorney or Miki can invent such as media appearances, end of quote. So if the top and this is Fannie Willis's analysis. So if the topic involves the 2020 elections, it is an impermissible backdoor to questions about Senator Graham's motives. But if it does not, it falls outside the scope of the investigation. Thus, we finally arrive at the place where we began. The senator's <laughs> arguments for partial quashal inevitably slide into an argument for total quashal. And and it's 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 just true. Like if 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 there was merit to this argument, right, you would say, hey, I want an order from the court that says you can't ask me about X, right? Because you could easily imagine things related to Actual legislative speech and debate clause that you would want to exclude if this were not Lindsey Graham just lying, right? Right,
0: yeah, he could say, hey, uh, you can't ask me about my decisional process about, uh, you know, the the process I went through to make the decision to certify Joe Biden's victory. You can't ask me about why, uh, you know, my decisions about not objecting to, uh, you know, certified electors. You can't ask me about the discussions I've had following this about laws that uh, we were trying to pass in, in, you know, on voting in the, in the legislature. Yeah. But he doesn't. And, he just says nothing. You can't ask me anything.
1: Um, and and, and
0: let's, let's go more broadly. You are correct on all of those. But let me add
1: another category. You can't ask him about horse trading or negotiations. Right. So if he calls up a senator and says, hey you know if if you'll back off on this electoral count act thing I'll support you on X right like, right that's an imba- that that is absolutely very clear and as, as despicable as Lindsey Graham is um I, I protected I would, I would tell you that is covered by the speech and debate clause right so yeah a good faith actor could articulate reasons to hand down guidance uh to to what this grand jury can ask what you know what uh can can be uh asked of, Lin- of Lindsey Graham in front of the grand jury. Um, he hasn't done that. And uh, So remember- how long can
0: this go on? Because what I, S- what I imagine happening here is the, the court says no and just submit it again. And so he submits something else ridiculous and they say no and they just go back and forth forever. So uh, and then whatever the court decides, you know, even if they do get in a hearing and they make some sort of things that you can't say or things you don't have to talk about in a speech or debate and they reach an agreement of some kind, then he's just going to appeal that up to the Eleventh Circuit again. So it's like, how? What? What? How? How do you see this playing out? I
1: I think this is a version of the same argument we saw the first time around that that eventually proved you correct in terms of not being a sufficient delay. Remember, the Eleventh Circuit said, uh, "Yeah, we're going to send this back down, and you know, you figure it out." And lots of people, including people with whom we are friends and respect, said well, you know, this could really then drag out for weeks or months. And the trial court was like, nope, uh, we, we want a brief tomorrow from Lindsey Graham. We want the opposition due Monday, which is when we got this uh, from uh, the from Fonnie Willis. And we want the reply brief two days after that on Wednesday. So as you're hearing this, Lindsey Graham will have filed his reply brief. And my guess is that uh, the the district court will rule on this Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning at the latest. Um, And then it will be up to uh, Lindsey Graham to try and get injunctive relief from the 11th Circuit, just like he did last time, to stop the effect of that judgment, right? Because that's that's what will happen. Um, The court could even put, you know, hey, this judgment will go into effect uh, in 72 hours, right? You know, kind of uh, strictly cabin and do their best you know to force the 11th circuit not to just sit around and and uh
0: right, and right.
1: deliberate for a while. And then the 11th circuit like it's really tough to know where they could go from here, right? Like the panel has already said total quashal is not warranted, but go back and see if there's an argument for partial quashal. And then if the if the district court says, "Hey, um there's no argument for partial quashal," uh then
0: We uh, order I, him to testify and then yeah. any any uh issues that come up in the deposition can be can be litigated at that point
1: yeah case by case basis absolutely yeah. and, and then
0: then it goes back and then they, they the court says you have 70 to 72 hours yeah and then that would mean that the the 11th circuit would have a limited amount of time to come back and accept or deny or whatever
1: yeah and remember if they don't issue the stay Right. Then, you know, then the appeal on the merits, you know, who cares about that? Right. Like the, right. The, the judgment will go into effect and Lindsey Graham will be compelled to appeal. And then you can appeal that up to or the Supreme Court to
0: testify. Yeah.
1: Com- yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you could appeal that if the 11th Circuit uh, declines to issue a stay, uh, Lindsey Graham can. Uh, make an emergency petition to the Supreme Court, and you know, look, we all know where the Supreme Court is. But as you know, you and I have both said on multiple occasions, this Supreme Court has been one hundred percent predictable in reaching conservative policy outcomes. Um, they have not been mm-hmm. uh, on the side of protecting Donald Trump shenanigans. Nope. So uh, you know, other than Clarence Thomas, and so uh, right, and then I, the I, deal
0: I, with the Federalist Society might be like, just get on the court. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and Mitch McConnell might be like, please don't, please don't let him not light himself on fire. Just leave him alone, you know. So who knows? Who knows? And and, and
1: it may also be (laughs) even more calculating than that, right? Like if you're Sam Alito, you may want to establish your independent cred by being like no Donald Trump's a buffoon. I don't owe him my job. I'm, I'm here for life, baby. Like and right. and and Kavanaugh may feel that way, right? Gorsuch may feel that way. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in their demented little heads. Well, uh, all but, they're there for is to overturn Roe. Right. And, and, and they've done that and they've got they've got believe me if you it's not all they're there to, to oh, do. Oh no. Well, that was job one. I was, was
0: going <laughs> to list some other things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, no. Um, Federalist Society stuff, um, yep. not protect Trump stuff. Trump's Trump, the Republican Party, as soon as they find an off ramp, and uh, Mitch McConnell already has, is just going to let him rot in the wind. Yep. Um, but we'll see. Uh, also, um, there was a judge that decided that the uh, Governor Kemp does have to testify, but won't have to do it until after the election, which led Fonnie Willis to say, OK, well, then we'll probably wrap up the special grand jury at the end of the year. Yep. Yep. Um, that's a a wrong decision on a, in, a, in a hundred ways. Uh, I, I'm sure that you f- you feel the same because w- what does the election have? To, he's not a target, right?
1: I, it is again. If you want to be charitable, the best way to view it is we're bending over backwards such that there is not even an argument that these folks can make Um, my response back to that would be, but that's not going to stop them from making it anyway. So, you know, why, why Now it's not a
0: legal argument. Now it's just a a political. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Beryl Howell, who who just took over, by the way, the Scott Perry phone case, um, the confiscation search warrant of Scott Perry representative congressman, representative Republican Scott Perry's phone, uh, which is interesting. Um, She has decided that uh, a case that's been going back and forth behind the scenes with the Department of Justice about how much to release in a search warrant and affidavit and materials on Burr, the senator, Republican Senator Burr. Um, And back in 2020, I must have tweeted. I looked it up. I looked up my advanced Twitter search Burr. I tweeted like at least 20 times that I thought that the investigation into Burr, into insider trading was retaliation for he him about to declare that Russia and the Trump campaign conspired together. Um, not criminally, just politically looking at it, which is what the whole five-volume thing about you know the, their counterintelligence report from the Senate Intelligence Committee came out. And then he was put under investigation. And because he wasn't in under investigation by Bill Barr, he was removed as the chair of that committee. In which, in steps, then the report is released, and in steps- Little Marco. to write his assessment of it. And so we didn't get Burr's assessment. We got Marco's, which was totally exonerated. Uh, And so I was like, this has to be retaliatory. This has been under wraps for a while. There were never charges brought. The charges were- The case was closed on January 19th, 2021. Yep. We don't need this anymore, uh, says the old DOJ. And- Ever since then, um, they've the L.A. Times has been trying to get this information. And so the judge has decided, has determined, okay, there is stuff that still needs to be redacted and sealed. We'll keep that redacted and sealed. But we don't have to worry about embarrassing a public figure anymore because he's already admitted that he was under investigation. And we don't have to worry about letting it out of the bag that the SEC was investigating him and his brother because they've publicly said it. And then the DOJ publicly acknowledged there was a search warrant executed. And so because this is all out in the public, I'm going to let as much redacted be, be unredacted as possible. And so she is, you know, the DOJ put forth some redactions that they wanted. She goes, nope, I think we can uh, redact a little bit less. And she put that order out. And they have until, I believe, September 5th to, uh, to release it to the LA Times uh, in its new all its new glory.
1: I cannot add to that summary. That is perfect in every way. Exactly correct. I I will say this. When I came up with the hypothetical Republican at the apex of Yodel Mountain back in 2017 as to what it would take to change public opinion on impeaching Donald Trump, I picked Richard Burr. And I picked Mm -hmm. him on the basis of his activities, uh, his signing on to the report's of the uh, Senate Select Committee on Intelligence.
0: And we uh, know too that he that uh, Trump obstructed justice when he tried to persuade Burr to drop the whole investigation. Of, and then of when course. he when he didn't, then he's under investigation all of a sudden for insider trading. Now I'm not pro insider trading. I don't want anybody to think <laughs> that at all. What I am against is weaponization of the Department of Justice to go after your political enemies who are about to release a report on you that says you colluded with Russia.
1: And not even political enemies, right? Like pol- like uh, uh, political, uh, you know, semi-allies, the kind of... I well, mean, he became is, his enemy
0: when, the, the, when he was going to
1: release this report. Or, or alternatively, right, the, and the reason I'm pushing back on that a little bit is if you believe that Donald Trump conducted his business in the White House like a mob boss, as we seem to have every reason to want to believe this is this serves precisely the purpose. Right. That a mafia don would want to, to serve. Right. They're like, look, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I'm just saying what happened to Senator Burke could happen to you. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it is somebody who took zero verifiable public steps to bring down Donald Trump. Did he lay the groundwork? Sure. Right. Was he uh, apparently honest in, uh, you know, some of the uh, Senate subcommittee filings? Sure. But like, you know, it's not like um, it's not like Burr voted for the first uh, impeachment. Right. He's now, by the way, uh, ex-Senator Burr. Hopefully that is uh, Sherry Beasley's seat to win in the uh In the Mm -hmm, midterms. mm -hmm. Um, But uh, but yeah, so I I guess that that's the the only reason I push back a little bit is because this is overwhelming force in response to somebody who had not yet taken, you know, substantive. stuff. This is not retaliation against Liz Cheney, whom they destroyed and ran out of office. Right. This is preemptively uh, bringing something. And, you know, who who and sending a message, like you (laughs) said, to Republican
0: or Democrat. I'll come after you. Yep. You if you if you fuck with me. Yep. So. Yeah. So so I'm interested to see that, but it's gonna come out before September fifth. So that this filing that we're gonna to get tomorrow slash yesterday, I can't wait to go over that with you, the DOJ filing in the NARALAGO Lago case. And uh, I'm interested also to see what the district court does in Lindsay. We're gonna cover it all on the next cleanup on aisle forty five. <laughs> I've been Allison Gill. Whew, and I have been Andrew Torres. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody. And thanks to our new patrons. Again, you want to be a patron? Patreon.com slash aisle45pod. We would love we would love to have you. Uh any, any final thoughts there, Andrew?
1: No, just uh, looking forward already to next week's show with you. <laughs> it's going
0: to be loaded. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk then. Until then, everybody. See you later.